Welcome to Where We Land, a podcast that explores the relationship between Christ, culture, and the church. Hey everyone, my name is Aaron and I'm in the studio today with my co-host, Mr. Stephen Vaughn. Hey there, everyone. And by cell phone this morning, Miss Morgan McClure. What is up, guys? And we have a special guest with us here in the studio today, Mr. Enoch Rasmussen. Hey, guys. And we're excited to talk to you this morning about the media world. So we hope you join us for the whole episode today. All right, guys. Well, it's great to be in the studio this morning. It's just me and Stephen and Enoch here in the studio because Morgan is uh, a phone-in this morning. She's a media girl in a media world. She what can we say? certainly <laughs> is. certainly is. Morgan, why are you calling us in this morning? Where are you at? Well, yeah, I am living the quarantine dream. I, <laughs> I came into contact with uh, COVID this weekend unknowingly. Nobody was ill, but... You know, just out of an abundance of caution, me and everybody else who was involved, we're all quarantining. So far, none of the rest of us are ill. So well, that's we'll hope very it good. stays that way. I, I prefer <laughs> to call it self-isolating because quarantine makes it sound like you have something that you don't have currently. You know, that's true. So you're self-isolating <laughs> yeah. from people. I like that better. It like assumes yeah. guilt before innocence yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, you're self-isolating. You don't <laughs> oh, know. Yeah. You're like, you, yeah, I like that better. Self-isolating. Just as long as you okay, don't do the whole... we're self-isolating. Just as long as you don't do the whole unclean thing everywhere you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know I texted that to the group yesterday and I so regretted it because you guys yelled it at me when I came into the office the other day. <laughs> yeah, Morgan is walking in the I office. She to had myself. to grab something. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, we're all in the full other part of the building and she had to grab something and we're all yeah. just yelling unclean down the hallway. Yeah. It was very childish. <laughs> yeah, she, she literally like found it. out She found out about everything and then she was like, oh man, if I'm going to be gone all week, I got to have this stuff. And so we, we kind of just like got like 50 feet away and just stared at her through glass. But, but it's okay, <laughs> I guess. Well, Morgan, I, I hope your self-isolation goes better uh, over the next few days. So, well, um, this morning, we are just going to jump right in to talking about uh, being in a media world. And uh, it is so good to have with us Enoch here this morning on the podcast. Um, Enoch, why don't you tell us, he is he is officially the media wizard. I know we have referred to him uh, as that here on the podcast before, but it is actually good to have him on the other side of it this morning in front of the microphone uh, to, to talk to us. So Enoch, why don't you just tell us a little bit, the listeners, who you are, what do you do? What, what are some things you're passionate about? Yeah. So number one, this is really weird being on this side of everything because normally I'm in the background like, okay, everybody be quiet. We're going to do this take, like all of that. So <laughs> um, anyway, I am uh, a, I guess the best way to describe what I do is I am an independent contractor for a TV station and a film company. Um, I direct, produce, uh edit i do all, all the whole nine yards um both work on crews and then completely all by myself um and uh i'm actually in town filming uh a conference here uh with steven's dad and so uh worked out well to just yeah. hang out here and normally when you get down <laughs> this way we try to like connect with you in some way possible and um it is really cool to see what you do i i don't i mean i know this is out there and there's a lot of people that do what you do but i've never met somebody you know firsthand that like <laughs> you know that, that 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 has that level of connections with um with media and um you know wanting to see media uh, be utilized for the gospel mm -hmm. in yeah. the church and to see christians really embrace uh, the day that we're living in because there is a very big void i would think in our society today in christian media i mean what do you think about that because well i love what you said first of all about the gospel being the number one focus because i think that is what sets what i do and you know other people that do what i do apart from everything else is we're not just here to, um, you know, do nice projects for other people. I mean, I can do, you know, donation projects and I can, I can raise money through videos for animal shelters and all that. And all that's great. But at the end of the day, my goal is the great commission. So using media is a tool to further, you know, the, the spread of the gospel throughout the world. Right. And so, right having that focus in um in everything we do 
is really important. Um, I don't think I really answered your question, but <laughs> I think that's a really, really important point to make before we even go anywhere, you know, anywhere no, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, because because I think the the type of things that you do. So so give give our listeners a little bit of an example of, you know, what a, what what a, what a month in your life looks like because you travel quite a bit. You're all over the place. So I mean, just kind of give us the flyby of like what it looks like that you do personally. Okay, so I do, um, especially with COVID now, uh, I've done a good amount of conference filming as well. So like people that conferences that maybe can't have full capacity or whatever will come in and uh, live stream those conferences. We will uh, also, you know, record that to broadcast on TV later. Uh, we're, we're just trying to build a, a large um body of work of, of, of different, you know, preaching and, and other things like that to be able to broadcast and put online. Um, so I do that. Um, I'm also working as a DP on a, uh, documentary right now, um, with, uh, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung. Um, how cool is that? Yeah, it's, it's really fun. And, um, that has opened up some really cool doors as well. So, uh, as far as a month is concerned, man, I, <laughs> no day is the normally, same in your life. I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah. Normally I'm on at least three trips. I don't really, I live in hotels and I film all day long. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so let's talk a little bit about this. Cause, cause you know, we're talking about being in a media world mm-hmm. and with that, you know, not everybody has the level of, you know, involvement that I would say you do on, on a given week. However, sure. media is one of those things that has so changed the world. I mean, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. Y'all remember when Facebook came out where y'all, um, do you guys remember that? I mean, that was I, like in 07, wasn't it? I remember it? it. I mean, I was, I think I, well, this is dating everybody, but I think I was in high school. I remember MySpace. And yeah, okay, I remember MySpace. <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to have one oh, growing up. Oh, you guys up. remember? I was <laughs> in the house, Morgan, I wasn't was to this have before it. your time with the AIM, the instant message thing, like on uh, oh, ni- Windows oh, no, 95? No. No, oh, we, yes. We had, my sister and I had these little, it was kind of like a, an early cell phone. It had a little slide keyboard, but literally all it was was for instant messaging to whoever had that one other device. <laughs> so we were usually <laughs> in the same room, just typing back and forth on the, <laughs> on the school bus. Like it was ridiculous. But Not much has changed. <laughs> so, you know, our, I would say for all of us, our generation was one of those that kind of we were in the riding the curve. We bridged, of, we bridged of the media gap. coming yeah. in. So, so we don't understand so much like what young people do today, where that was their entire life from the time they can remember, or people that had never, you know, mm-hmm. had this type of uh, mediums for communication. But I, I just want to think about this, like, like in the last fifteen years, how has our culture? And the whole world kind of changed in the way that it communicates, because as you think about all of these new Internet uh, media platforms, hasn't that really changed the way that we as a society just communicate in general? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say so. Like today, you can wake up at 8 a.m. And I can or you can, anybody can. We can message our friends who live in Africa in India, I can call my friends in Africa. I can video (laughs) chat my friends in Africa and I can see them. Like if you told people that that would be possible, I mean, even 50 years ago, they'd be like, what are you talking about? You know, like you can take a movie and they'll be able to see you across the world. Like what? And so I think that it is the new age of media has given, in my opinion, many helpful things to use and utilize. Uh, however, it's also given some, um, cons it's a pro and con thing. And, uh, but it's here to stay. No, it's not going certainly, anywhere certainly. and it's only going to get more. We're only going to become more, um, what's the word, Enoch media immersed, immersed, immersed in media. Yeah. There you we're go. only become more immersed in media. And so, um, I think, I think we have to adapt. <laughs> no, that's so true. Morgan, what do you think? Like, as you think about like communication, do you think that the whole nature of like communication has changed because of social media and things like that? Oh yeah. And it's, it's funny, all the interesting like ironies that media and the prevalence of it has introduced to the way we communicate. Um, I agree with Stephen. It's made our world incredibly small, but also in the sense that we communicate more with more people around the world, we've gotten worse at communicating in person hmm. because we're so used to typing on a screen. We, it, I've read studies where eye contact is like 
we have no skills in eye contact anymore when we're talking to someone face to face or um we you know the the way that we form text messages has limited the way that we can form a complete sentence when we're talking to someone in person um but also people i do think are a lot more brave behind a keyboard and behind a screen so now things are said that you would never have said to a person's face 20 25 years ago mm. um i just think of twitter and <laughs> i kind of jokingly call twitter the cesspool because <laughs> it just never like it's terrible on there but people just say whatever comes to their mind because the screen hides the faces that they're talking to you know morgan That's i think right. you're exactly right i think you nailed it right on the head um my dad always used to teach me growing up that when you have something to say to someone you go to them you look them in the eye and you say it mm. and if you That's can't really say good. it to their face mm-hmm. You probably shouldn't say it. Don't say it And at I all. think we're yep. in a age now where nobody understands that principle. Mm. It's like I can say something. People think that they can say something online without repercussions. But look at our culture right now. The biggest pitfalls for celebrities, politicians, um, pretty much anyone is what? What they say online. Right. Or what they do right. online. Mm-hmm. Generally, you can count it almost like probably – I would say – I would. I, I'm not going to give a percentage because I've not researched it thoroughly enough. But I would say – at least a good majority of them that you hear about, you can track a lot of their pitfalls to what they either said through a text message or what they said online. And they think, man, Mm -hmm. it's hidden. Nobody can see it. But that's not true. Media is available for the world to see it. Yeah, no, that's so true. Actually, the funny thing is, too, I talked to like a young person who I I didn't know this was even possible. But he's like, do you know that everything that's published on the website has like an archive of what was up when it was up? The Wayback Machine, I had no clue that thing existed. (laughs) Like, you could go Oh, back yeah. and look at the the, the sites or things yep. that were published at the time it was created yep. or like that's just crazy anything so, you put out it's there, there forever. it is there forever so yes. uh, so how plugged in how cultured are we on the podcast this morning uh, where is everybody at in the world of social media I know Morgan is probably the most immersed of, of all of us so Morgan where are you plugged in at where are you at um, I am on Instagram. That's probably the one I know best. I have Facebook. I've got Twitter. And the only reason I keep Twitter is sometimes it makes me laugh. So, <laughs> but yeah, so I've, I've really used it a lot. And for, yeah, sometimes, right. It's select moments of time, but, um, especially for, you know, my job at the church we serve as the administrative assistant, a lot of that started out of the need to be on social media and to connect. So really I've just wasted most of my time on it. So that's why I'm better than the rest of you, I guess. <laughs> I've wasted more time. So there you go. <laughs> so Instagram's a big one. Morgan has a, quite a significant following, yeah. I think. I, I mean, I mean I, for the people that I know in my life. Would we call her an influencer? Maybe? I, I don't know. I mean, for the oh. people that I personally know, she probably is the, she's probably the closest thing to an influencer yeah, that I know I, personally. I would, say, I would say. It's the running joke. <laughs> yeah. I think I would call her a social media influencer. Like we do have this joke on the podcast that like if, any one of us share a podcast on our social media, like our influence is like very small. But if Morgan mm-hmm. shares the podcast on her platform, doubles. It just <laughs> it's just it's crazy. So so maybe well, I mean, email the podcast. That. I shared our last episode. <laughs> yeah, email the podcast and remind Morgan each week that she needs to keep sharing our podcast on her platform so that we can continue to grow. <laughs> so she's a big Instagrammer. Stephen, what about you? Where are you tied so, in at? Um, I think with social media, it would be a little different for me. So as a student's pastor, I do want to be connected with our students. So I manage our uh, student ministries Instagram page. And um, personally, I wasted way too much time on Instagram when I had it. And so I still have an account, but it's like inactive and I can go back every now and then and check in. But I don't really get on Instagram much personally. And then um, my wife and I, we're on Facebook. And again, with with social media, I'm just going to be like honest with you guys, like I try and get on there maybe like once, um, maybe a week, maybe once every two weeks for personal use. And then like on a job basis, I'm generally on there like almost every other day. But um, yeah, I, I mean, with social media, I'm a little bit more personally disconnected because I just found like for me personally, um, it was, was it just like a rabbit hole. It was just a rabbit hole of just like wasting time or getting upset every time I saw something posted by somebody. However, with media, I would be fairly connected now not on the level that Enoch is uh, but I have had to basically teach myself from the time I was in high school to learn bits and pieces about media so I remember in high school my dad Enoch referred to his conferences earlier and there was a smaller conference Uh, he has like large conferences and some smaller and so we had a smaller conference one time and the sound person backed out on him 
And uh, like the day before he looks at me and he goes, well, you're setting it up and running it. And I was like, well, I've never run sound in my life. And so uh, from that day forward, it's been something like I've had to learn. And so when I came to the church, it was like, you know, well, we need to take the media ministry to the next step. Okay, well, what does that require? Well, let's figure out how to set up a live stream. Kind of learn as you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've had to learn quite a bit to do with how media can connect in a church setting uh, and even in a personal setting, I think, in that aspect. So, yeah. Enoch, what about you? Where are you plugged in at? <laughs> So I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I, this is kind of a confession, but I don't really like Facebook. I just like, I don't know. It's, it's nothing like, like, I don't know how to say this exactly, but I, I just don't, I'm not, most people have a love hate relationship with it. Right. So I get well, it. I don't like <laughs> it, You're going to make fun of me for this, but I don't like the graphics design of Facebook. <laughs> right. No, agree. That is a hard agree. I have two hands up. <laughs> you know, I was just going to say, when you get on like Instagram versus social uh, Facebook, like, they're like completely different quality of images right, or like things right. that are shared. Well, they're shooting for a different audience. They are a very too. different audience. And that has happened. And like also the fact that I started out in photography Instagram is way more my jam than Facebook. Uh, that being said, um, you know, I am, I waste way too much time on both of them. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, used correctly, they are a very, very effective tool. Um, right. But also uh, there needs to be a balance. And actually what's really, I think we should, I, I, I think it'd be cool to point out is um, last month, a uh, couple friends i have uh including morgan actually we all and did my wife yes it was yes. when you were down here the last time yeah we all did a uh social media fast for the month of february and i cannot believe how addicted i was to social media mm. going an entire month mm. without opening up instagram or facebook like i have to use some of that for work so like that was all okay but like personal use like that it you was were weird. It was thought, rough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Aaron, where are you uh, plugged in in this media world? You know, like what all, what's your... Um... I, I was on Facebook very early on, like within a year or two of it coming out. And I've just always had it and I've connected through it. Um, I would say that's probably where I have the largest amount of like friends that I know and people that I connect with. My wife got me an Instagram account. I haven't posted to it at all. You Somehow have an Instagram I have, account? I have You're followers with the CDBC I, students I, I, ministry I have, page. I have, uh, <laughs> I have followers with no images, so I don't Wait, even know how this happened. Like, I don't think I even follow you. No, I don't. And you're not, not following the students. Okay, okay. I'm following I'm the students page. I'm tempted to delete the <laughs> account because I never use it. Like, no, nah, this is what we need to do. All of the podcast <laughs> listeners, I log your Instagram account, and then everybody go follow. <laughs> but I yes. will say, I, I will say though, in seeing a different platform like Instagram. I do think I like it better. Like the, the quality of like, you know, connection with like pictures from your friends and things, they just, it's a lot more, it's a lot more like personally intentional. It seems like, whereas Facebook mm -hmm. seems like personal and then also like your newsfeed dump. Yeah. And, um, and, and I feel like <laughs> really, yeah. I'm, I, I have a Twitter account. I was on Twitter very briefly and I feel like I want to be on Twitter, but like, it just is it's, it's a different ball game right now and for one i don't have like the smart one liners you know like cuz i like i look at people that you know have a, like a thought that they concise and like you know was it 32 characters 132 characters 120 now it was 160 then it went so, down but it, it oh is it that's okay cool. I, I will say twitter has become a place where you can get your news mm -hmm. that makes it really neat um so i'm not as plugged in as i probably ought to be because you know there, I, we, we're going to talk about that on the podcast today because there's like that love hate relationship with social media it's like you want to get more involved and more vested and then sometimes it's like man am, am i am i influencing or, or, or having true quality conversation or, or am I, you know, really wasting time um, or some of the other things. So, so before we even talk about social media, I just want us to kind of segue here a minute and talk about media, like what, and I'll really have a question for Enoch, like what are the advantages or the opportunities that you see from uh, embracing media? And I think you'd speak to it just from like your own personal experience. And then I'd like for us to talk about what are the ways and the advantages that we see that being played out within the church and then personally on a personal level. So, but before either of those, what's your take on that? Well, I think uh, it really reminds me of a Christian filmmaker I was listening to a while ago who said, um, he was addressing a crowd and he said, 
do you guys remember what you pra- your, what your pastor preached about last week? And a couple of people raised their hands, but mostly nobody remembered. And then he asked, do you remember the specific scene and what this person looked like in a specific movie? And like half of everybody raised their hands. And, they, and then he called on somebody and they could recite the entire scene, the plot, everything. Mm-hmm. And there's just something powerful about that visual audio experience that unfortunately you can't get anywhere else. And does that mean that um, that should ever replace preaching? No, but it should be a tool used to get God's word out there. Um, And I think, you know, going back to even, you know, back in the middle ages when, you know, and and around that time, you know, the, the church, dominated media well right. media as in pre-renaissance yes, kind of yes. like the church yeah. was leading in that yes and and the reason for that was because people learned biblical stories they learned things really well when they saw it acted out when they when they sang about it and all of that and so it, it helps implant it in your mind and so i think you know we've gotten away from that as you know the church in general now and i think we need to get back towards that Mm, yeah, because you mentioned social media as a tool, and I yes. think that is such a vivid illustration because, you know, with any tool, whether it's a hammer or a screwdriver or anything like uh, you, you can build things with it. You can build beautiful things and make things, but you can also use that tool to really hurt somebody. I mean, a hammer, yep. you can bash somebody mm-hmm. over the head. And so there, there is this, there is this, there is this kind of cutting knife feel of, of social media that uh, it can be this incredible tool or it can be really a, a really damaging, hurtful medium. Yeah. And pick up where you're going, Enoch. I completely agree with you. It's like how in the world can how in a media world, if a church is not at least embracing some type of media, how can you, how can you minister in an effective way? if all media is refused. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, and, like how does that even work? Cause we live in a media world, you know? And yeah. if we were leading the charge in all of the arts, well, if the arts is shifting to media and the church is nowhere to be found. And I mean, look at Christian media. Go ahead, Morgan. What were you going to say? Yeah. Well, just to bounce off what Steven just said, um, I believe Jerry Falwell senior may have said this, but my friend quotes it all the time. They said, if it's Christian, it should be better. And she often says this when we're talking about like Christian film, Christian, like any sort of media. And there just seems to be such a lack of good quality Christian film and media these days, which to me, doesn't make sense. Like we have every capacity. So like, why is there such a vacuum of good quality Christian media? You know, it's so good because I think so many churches have been behind the eight ball on this. Like when you think about the, um, what happened with COVID, right? And yeah, COVID's a yeah. great example of that. Like w- COVID was one of those things where so many churches just had no ability to uh, live stream or no ability to uh, record media type of things in that moment. And it really showed, I think a lot of churches, you know, man, we're, we're not, we're, we're not embraced this. We have not embraced the media platform mm-hmm. To quite the level that we ought to for the gospel, because once again, I said there were advantages of you can you can use it for great good or harm. Once again, it's not the platform, it's not the right. media itself, it's how you utilize it. It's yeah, the person yeah. behind it. So, Enoch, explain to us a little bit about maybe how COVID really, like from what you saw as somebody who is kind of the media wizard, kind of a what did I call you last night, a filmographer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> from your seat, how do you see like? COVID, how did it shape the church's response in the realm of media and social media both? I think uh, there's definitely been, you know, God's used it. COVID's terrible, but also God has used this whole trial, if you will, to wake us up and show us, hey, this is something we need to focus on. Um, I know personally, I got really burdened during the kind of heat of lockdown. Um, Just the fact that like, I cannot go out and talk to somebody, give them the gospel, but yet the great commission never had a, but if clause in it, you know, if, mm. if there is a global pandemic, then like, you know, well, take a break for a you second. Share now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got to thinking, I was like, what can I do that's, you know, responsible, but also still is accomplishing that great commission. Um, which again is just that is my ultimate goal in life. That should be every Christian's ultimate goal in life. And I think that is partially why 
we have lost our edge in media is because we've gotten away from the gospel as the sole purpose of why we're here. Um, but anyway, backtracking to good. the reason why um, I started. So basically, I started this project that I'm calling the Gospel Project. And essentially, all it is, is I'm filming people's gospel testimonies, got their their gospel story, how they met Jesus, and then posting it online, uh, putting on YouTube and Facebook and whatever to literally, and, and it's just a gospel testimony. And, and that really was kind of birthed out of, I saw somebody post on Instagram a while ago, like they had broken up with their girlfriend and they were super sad. And, and it was like, the Holy spirit just told me like, you need to contact that guy and just message him, find out, you know, how you can help him. And I, I kind of was like, wow, this is a little awkward, you know, but, um, I was like, okay, all right. Yes, Lord. And so I, uh, DM'd him and I was like, Hey, look, can I pray for you or whatever? And we got to talking and it was really awesome. He opened up and I was like, it got to the point where I was like, now I can give him the gospel. And so instead of DMing him the gospel, I was like, well, why don't I just find a video? Because you know, when you text somebody, it's not really like the best way of communication. So I, I opened up YouTube and I was just like, Hey, I'm going to find this video real quick. I'll be able to find a great video. And I found that either there was, and, and this isn't, you know, in general, but this was in my quick five minute search. There was either, you know, a pastor in the pulpit preaching a message or there was like some really random extreme other side that was like not really where I was going for as far as just kind of sloppy and whatever. But I didn't see anything that was just like objective. This is the gospel. No frills, no extra stuff. Uh, yes, join a local church. But the end of the day, you know, you know, people were plugging their churches and stuff like that. And that's awesome. And that's great. And that needs to happen. But at the end of the day, the gospel by itself, just the clear the presentation, the presentation of the it. gospel yeah. is very important. And I couldn't find anything like that quick enough. Um, and it it, it kind of just burdened me to start this project. And so I've been filming people just give the gospel testimony. So that was one thing that was birthed out of that COVID, you know, um, lockdown, you know, and everything like that. That's good. So let me ask you this. What Give us some recent projects or examples of some things that you have done where you say, man, that has been an incredible opportunity for the gospel. And, and this is this is a kind of a way we did it. Like the gospel project would be one. Sure, sure. But what are some others? Um, so I did a, a series with my church called Truth Talks. Um, and it wasn't necessarily focused specifically it, though it did present the gospel. It was kind of focused on helping Christians overcome, um, you know, sin problems and, and kind of like addictions and things like that. Um, and what was really cool is just a couple weeks ago, I was back home and I found out that somebody had found those videos online. They had, they were saved, but they were away from the Lord. They got right with God, moved up to my church and became a member of my church. Mm. all because of that video series. Mm. And to me, that's so exciting that, and it's not that somebody joined my church, but it was that that video reached somebody that we would have no way of reaching. They were multiple States away. Um, and God just used that video to bring them him, uh, to bring them closer to him. That's awesome. That's awesome. What was that one too, you were sharing with me a while back about the bus or the van and like, oh, it was the gospel Detour story. 2020. Yeah, yeah, talk yes. about that a little bit. Yeah. Cause that so, sounded really cool. <laughs> By the so, way, you should check this out online yeah, about yeah. what he's about to talk about because it is really cool to watch. So um, I got to do a documentary with a ministry called Reasons for Hope. Um, by the way, if you've never heard of them, they're pretty. Uh, they're a pretty cool ministry. Um, they are headed up by a guy named Carl Kirby, and it's basically the whole focus of the ministry is Christian apologetics for young people. So why do we believe what we believe? Their their byline is to give an answer for the reason of hope that lies within us. Um, and so this whole idea was we're going to take, they've got a, what is it, a 1964 or it's something? Like a Volkswagen, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Volkswagen <laughs> bus. I love that that they retrofitted with like a TV in the back and like all sorts of random cool stuff made it this cool, like they call it their, their mean blue ministry machine. I think they call it. And they, they're all big into like all these taglines and bylines and, and they make some pretty awesome videos um, that they're called debunked videos. So they'll talk about like a specific, like how could a loving God send people to hell? And they'll give like a two minute um, explanation of that. And, and it's really fast paced and it's just, it's, it's great. Um, and so anyway, we went, we did this trip where they took, uh, two 
young adults that had been, and there was supposed to be a couple other people, but because of different things that happened, only two of them could come. Uh, but they took, we took a, a, a couple people down from Florida all the way up to um, Lebanon, Ohio, mm. um, and stopped at churches every single day, trained their youth group on how to give the gospel and then took them out into a public park or somewhere with their people. And we just had turned them loose, told them, go give the gospel. And um, it, it was really cool to see not only these people, these, these kids grow in, in the youth groups, grow and realize that they can actually give the gospel themselves, but also seeing the, the growth of these two young adults that came with us. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to look that, look that video up, um, you can find it on reasons for hopes, YouTube channel. Um, and it's called detour 2020. That's awesome. So there's so many cool things that we've heard that you have been a part of through media. And I think as we think about that, you know, we are talking about issues relating to Christ culture in the church. And so with that, what is, what are some ways uh, that churches could get more involved in this platform of media to kind of embrace that? Because Morgan, and to your point, you know, if, if a Christian or the church is a part of something, it should be excellent, you know, uh, the quality and everything. So, so how, you know, talk about some ways that, or let's us all together talk about some ways that we've seen, you know, churches embrace media uh, very well uh, and, and, and kind of the day that we're in today. Well, I, I'm sorry. (laughs) I think there might be a little bit of a delay. Um, I think that um, not to like plug, but I'm going to shamelessly plug our church um, that we, that Stephen, Aaron and I serve at. um, We, we really started to utilize Facebook and our website more than we ever had before when we had this COVID thing turn around. And because of that, just like what Enoch was saying, we had families who came to us during this pandemic just because they had found us online. Hmm. And so um, I know that we are not the only church who does that. And we, I know we aren't the best because of our resources, you know, but I think so many churches have done that and stepped into it and, and really leaning into the relationship aspect and the social aspect of social media. And I think that has been an incredible driving force for reaching the community that otherwise we really would have had no, no part in just because of, you know, where churches are geographically, they've now reached other cities and, and things like that. So I think that's a massive, um, excellent undertaking that has happened over the last year. And I think it will continue, especially as, you know, people start to dive more deeply into this, not out of necessity, but out of the ministry that they see is possible there. Yeah, that's good. And I would encourage too, like I know some listeners, you might not be a part of a mega church and welcome to actually the majority of the world <laughs> um, because the majority of the world is not a part of a mega church. You know what I'm saying? And, um, if you're, if you find yourself in that boat and you're like, man, I just wish my church could get like just more involved, you know, well, have you ever actually asked <laughs> how your church can do that? And have you ever sought to be a part of the change in your church? And I think we're discussing excellence on this podcast and I completely agree with everyone. Excellence is what we should strive for. But excellence is one of those things too, that is uh, we talked about worldview, right? And excellence is not the same as truth. Yeah, uh, yeah. Truth is objective and it is straight, straight down across the board, no matter context or culture, truth is truth. Mm-hmm. However, excellence is a little bit different because excellence is a lot of times tied to resources and context. And um, excellence for a smaller church might look different than excellence for a mega church with a million dollar media budget. You know, uh, you can do anything with a million dollar media budget. <laughs> when you come to a small church, though, then you then you really see, oh man, we really have to figure out how we can do this effectively. But excellence is doing the best with everything that is at your disposal and stewarding what you have. And, and I think what you have. I think Morgan and Enoch are both hitting on that because. You know, there is incredible opportunity for the gospel through mediums like media. And I mean, I just echo what Morgan said. You know, it's really surprised me that over the last couple months, our new members or prospective new members, all of them uh, have been uh, online. They had been involved 
through seeing and being a part of the media ministry of our church ever before they showed up and all of them, uh, which was really significant to see that. And um, so there is a great opportunity, of course, for churches. But I think, you know, where people are at on the podcast this morning, this is a personal thing, you know. So personally, as we think about social media, how how can social media be used uh, as a Christian for incredible good and and a great gospel opportunity because I think a lot of times in people's minds they they think of one of two things they either think I'm I'm giving a very clear gospel presentation through my platform of social media either in a conversation or in a post or I'm not doing anything it's it's kind of like this complete either or uh, separation and yet sadly there seems to be such a, a, a an, an amount of negative talk and criticism on social media platforms, surprisingly, from Christian people in the Christian community. So, so how, what, personally, how is social media, how, how do we embrace social media as a great opportunity um, and utilize it well? I guess that's the question. Well, well I think... Oh. Go ahead, Morgan. We got a little delay. Go ahead, Morgan. <laughs> it's the so virtual sorry. world. <laughs> yes, the virtual media world at its finest right here. Um I think particularly when it comes to like personal social media, I know I joked about like wasting a bunch of time on it earlier, but it is it's that double edged sword, a tool that can be used for good yeah. or for just nothing um, or for bad. It's, it's all in between. But um, what I have found to be the most effective use of it is seeing, trying to see the people behind the screen, you know, where uh, really uh, what you see on social media is a highlight reel. And you're not seeing the real person behind it. And I love what Enoch said when he was messaging this guy and really got down to his human level and direct messaging and, and, and building those relationships or extending relationships of people that you've met in person only in passing. I know that's the majority of my Facebook um, friends. I've met them, um, you know, just in a very short period of time, whether it's days or worked at summer camp with them for a summer. Um, but then being able to keep up and to um, when they post something on social media, you know, uh, if it's something really good, you know, we all just like it. But if they sometimes people will post these like really cryptic messages and you can just tell something's going on in their heart and in their life. Mm-hmm. I never take to social media to talk about really hard issues with people. I I love the way that we can just connect directly and talk as friends or, you know, even get to know people through social media in the first place. And it really does. If you are seeking that intentional human relationship um, as much as you can behind a screen, I think that's where you get into situations like that, that Enoch talked about, where you can have a gospel opportunity. And really, it's about intention, Um, because if you go onto social media with no intention, you're not going to have any like fruitful work. You probably are just going to waste a lot of time and post a lot of things that don't, that won't mean anything and they don't have any kingdom impact. But um, when you, when you go with intention, with the mindset that the Lord can use stuff, he can use a a platform that you have, no matter how big, how small you're following. Very good. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think I like what Morgan said about that. I think that the going to whatever media you have, with the thought process, with the mentality that I am doing this for Christ, everything we do should be for Christ, but for God's glory. I right. mean, we were made by him and for his glory. And so how are we reflecting that? Right. But if, if you treat it just like you would, like if you're going door knocking and giving somebody the gospel, um, you know, yes, not all the time are you going to be messaging everybody the gospel, but, and, and, but as a, as a Christian, throughout every aspect of your life that should just exude um, Mm. from you. And so having that mentality is going to mean that you're probably not going to go post a rant about how terrible the service was at the last restaurant you went to, because that's not a Christ-like thing to do. Um, You know, just things like that, I think will really help you. That's so good. Yeah. I got three words for you. If you're doing any type of media, social media, whatever, living in this media world, three words. First word is this consistency Mm -hmm. kind of attributes a little bit to what Enoch said, but consistency is applicable in a few ways. First of all, the message of the gospel, stay consistent with your message. If one moment you're talking about how great Jesus is and the next moment you're doing what Enoch just said, 
It's not good. Also, be consistent in your posting. If you want to have influence on social media, a great way to have influence is to be consistent in when you post, how you post, and what you post. So consistency would be the first word. Second word is this, humility. This kind of attributes a little bit to what Morgan said, but just even taking a step further, I mean, when you get called out on social media, it's a completely different ballgame. It's one thing to call somebody (laughs) else out, but when you get called out, you have to be humble. And um, it also goes back to what Morgan said. Don't turn Facebook or whatever platform you're on into some type of um, public online rage session. And um, (laughs) let's um, have like an old time Roman um, amphitheater fight to the death here. Um, no, that's not what it's for. Um, be humble and go directly towards the person and say, Hey man, um, that really concerned me what you said, you know, can we talk about that? So be humble. So consistency, humility, last word, charity, um, do all things in charity. The Bible literally says, if you don't do everything in love or in charity, it's nothing. And if you can't be charitable, uh, if you can't be loving, if you can't spread the love of Christ and the love of the gospel online, you probably shouldn't be online. Um, so if you can have those three words in your media and social media uh, presence in this day and age, I think it'll help you as a Christian. That's good. And I think I would just that's tag so one more to that because that's a very good list. But I would add one more, and that would be authenticity. Because I think uh, I think about that verse that Paul talks about in Second Corinthians where he says – he talks to the Corinthians. He says – you are a, an epistle, you're a letter written in our hearts, read and known of all men. And there is a real sense in which social media gives us opportunity to have a conversation with people uh, far outside of the you know location of where we're at. And you get so many great opportunities to shape conversation and talk about things. But I think what you post and what's reflected there should be a very real reflection of who you are as an individual, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's not, it's not painting a picture of something that you're not, but also just celebrating, you know, who you are and, and the life that God's given you. So, you know, I, I think sometimes we have this mentality that I have to post something that passes the filter check, you know, it like it's, it's, it's high (laughs) enough quality. That it makes it onto social media. And, you know, like, I get that. Like, we don't want to just drop everything about our personal life. But I think the more that we're authentic with the people that we know, Mm -hmm. and the more that what we post is really just a reflection of who we are, Mm -hmm. you know, because then it's not drummed up and it's authentic. And it's... um, Yeah, because you wouldn't wouldn't go into church and drum up and, 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 you know, preach... For, with the same attitude that you do on that, that people are tempted to do on social media. That's exactly yeah. right. No, exactly yeah, right. If you even look on social media, like on Instagram, when people put hashtag no filter, how many times <laughs> does it actually look like they put a filter on or that they actually, <laughs> like, have you ever noticed that, like, generally the no, the hashtag no filter pictures and some of the, our listeners are like, what in the world is that? Uh, go on Instagram or like, you can get an idea. Ask your, uh, ask somebody who is ask on Instagram to explain it to you. But, um, but it's generally something somebody will post a picture picture and they don't doctor the photo or they say they don't doctor the photo. But if you look at the photo, they're going more out, like all out on the no filter picture than they would on a filtered picture. And it's like, (laughs) you're doing the exact opposite of what you're trying to do. So I love what you said, Aaron, be authentic with what you post. So it's all of those things, you know, I think if we embrace the platform of social media, uh, with good intention and all of the things that you described, I think it, there is so much good and great conversation. I mean, it, there is, you know, you know, you think about Paul and Athens and the marketplace. Well, look, the marketplace is now on our cellular de- cellular device. I mean, yeah, yeah you do interact Crazy. with people still in society. Certainly, you do, but that is the marketplace. And so, if if you're not able to have an engaging conversation or uh, communication, uh, friendship with people, so so let's kind of shift gears a little bit here with what time we. Have have left and really talk about the concerns. I mean, there are some real uh, valid concerns that I don't think are enough to say, hey, we're going to scrap the whole thing. Uh, but there are things that we need to guard against. What are some of those concerns that you all would think about? Well, I know as a student's pastor, I've been confronted with what I call the, um, I call it the Snapchat conundrum. Um, because, um, it mainly has to do with that platform, but it really isn't just that platform. It's all of social media. Um, and if any of you don't know, Snapchat is a social media platform that you can basically send pictures back and forth to one another to communicate. And, uh, it's based on a system of where like you can't, the picture dissolves or supposedly dissolves. It never dissolves. It never leaves the internet, but it dissolves off your disappears, maybe disappears off your account Mm -hmm. in a certain amount of time. And, um, 
it's a problematic platform for me personally as a student's pastor and even in our um, ministry. Uh, we tried using it at one point back uh, a few years ago to communicate with students and it went really well, but then the platform as a whole started allowing things on their platform that were just very immoral to be quite, quite frank. And uh, so we actually had to step away from that platform as a ministry and also myself personally uh, mm-hmm. due to concerns over that. And I think I think it's one of those things where we encounter different platforms or different things on platforms like that. And I call it the Snapchat conundrum because of that platform. But it goes across the board. We encounter something like that that's immoral. And sometimes we're tempted to just scrap scrap it all, you know, <laughs> like, like we're just going to throw it all away. And I think we have to be very discerning because it's like what you said, the marketplace is media hmm. and, um, we don't, we don't stop going out in public because of immoral things that happen in public or immoral things that are posted in public. So you can't leave the media marketplace just because there are things that are immoral there. However, it is good to be discerning on what is not right or what is a pitfall, what is going to be a temptation, what is going to uh, not be good for my child to see and to put in, um, and I wouldn't call them barriers, but like fences and say, you know what, we're going to kind of, there's places you should not go. There's places in the marketplace we shouldn't go just like in public. Right. There's places that you probably shouldn't go. And, um, I think it's good to think of it that way because then that gives us a better understanding of how to navigate it. And it requires discipline in each of our lives because, you know, Solomon says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life And that keeping is that guarding. So just as much as you would have, you know, the same, uh, seriousness that you guard your possessions or you would lock your car or you would guard your home lock your home. There's this real sense in which Solomon says, wait, guard your heart because out of it are the issues of life, you know? And so there was a time probably 20 years ago where in order to get to some very dark places, you had to physically leave your home and go to some other location. And that's not the case anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now with the internet, it, it, things are a click away. And so all of that though is influencing our person, right? Because um, we're going to talk about, I think, in a coming up episode on identity. And there's a real f- way in which what we see on social media affects our identity. How does it, pr- how does it make us think about ourselves or about our life or um, who we are as a person? And, and every one of those things that we're exposing ourselves to uh, have a way of shaping even how we think about and view life as a whole. That's good. Any, anything else to add to that or maybe a, a separate danger or a concern? I think just one thing with that would be accountability Um, because it's so private. um, You know, you can access pretty much anything on your phone or, you know, computer or whatever, no matter where you are. I think one really, really important thing for people is to have accountability, have somebody that either, I mean, you can have filters and you can have apps and whatever, but at the end of the day, having somebody that calls you up, calls you out, whatever. Hey, how are you doing? How are things going? Um, and, and just being completely honest with that person because you have so much access to so much stuff and that can be a good thing, but also be a bad thing. So mm. just that accountability is something really important. That's good. Morgan, what do you got for us? Yeah, I think one of the biggest dangers that, that I see when it comes to social media is that it tries to become a replacement for so many things. Oh, um, the first one. The first one I think that it tries to replace, um, particularly in a Christian perspective, is our own deep study of scripture. Because um, yeah. you, I have met um, Christians or young believers, and the majority of where they get their understanding of the Bible and their knowledge of the faith is from pictures that they see on Instagram or Facebook with like, a quote that's been proof texted out of scripture, meaning it's totally out of context or just a quote from some other secondhand person, some pastor who said this, and it's just like a sentence or a few words. And mm-hmm. that, and that is not the most of the time they're not theologically correct. And I'm not, and once again, it's the double edged sword. I'm not saying that that stuff is not beneficial, just a nice encouraging thing to come across your feed throughout your day. But when that becomes the source of your study instead of the word of God, and you're right. not spending your own time in there, you're letting somebody else, you know, filter through things for you. That's a problem. Also, it's it's replacing our need for social interaction. There, it, no matter what, social media will never replace that um, that connection that we have when we sit across from somebody face to face. And you know, you you never know somebody purely on the internet. People are unknowable that way. Um, 
and then you know like i said before the bravery behind the keyboard it's it takes away the the human aspect of communication mm -hmm. and words still hurt just as bad right. even when they're not said to the face and they're a lot easier to come that way so the, the things that tries to replace no. that you really can't manufacture yeah, is the biggest danger good. to me no, that's so true. Because let's take out each one of those kind of separately, because she brought three really good ones. One is, you know, I think that issue of kind of the authority of God's word or the authority of voices that you hear, you know, because nowadays anybody can become an authoritative, authoritative voice on a, on a subject. Mm -hmm. I mean, you grab a microphone and you put something out there and, and now you are an expert, you know, and I think that's one thing that we try to really guard against on this podcast is because it's like, you know, we don't want to be, uh, we're not the experts, but we just want to have, you know, honest conversation with one another. But there could be a real sense in which because of social media now, somebody gets elevated to a platform where they would have never traditionally had had an opportunity of a platform or so much have. like that <laughs> because you know years ago i mean there were very institutional ways of how people you know gained influence whether mm -hmm. it was through uh coming up through a company or whether going for education uh and then having a, a position or something that was even recognized by a group of people and that just isn't the case anymore i mean and so what it's done is it's not only undermined i think as morgan was pointing out kind of the word of god in the sense of um, there, there is so many more opportunities for truth to be distorted uh, because there's so many theology. more voices. Yeah, yeah, soundbite theology. But it also it bring, brings a question to, you know, kind of the moral authorities in the life of, of each one of us. Like, who are the people that we are listening to and where do we uh, give authority or, or place authority rather than – uh, in the Word of God or in the institutions that God has ordained in Scripture. You know, I think about the home and the church and government, and yet we, many ways, and, and through social media, have found it easy to come outside the influence of those three authorities, spheres of authority, and put uh, and elevate authority into some other person. What do you guys think about that? I completely agree. Um, I think it has mm -hmm. completely overshadowed the authority of God's Word and His church. Um now I can uh, attend church online whenever I want, however I want, and nobody's ever going to call me out for anything in my life, which is one of the things of the church is that we have a community that loves one another enough to seek to restore each other to the faith. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no authority anymore. There's no authority of God, no authority of the church. And um, I can be my own authority and I can navigate life as I please when I'm on social media. Mm -hmm. Enoch, what do you think about all that? I think at the end of the day, um, just like you can't have a functioning human relationship uh with somebody just over social media you can't have a proper relationship with god just by the things you see on social media huh. um explain that explain what you mean by that. okay so like you know when you look at you know the quotes or whatever that's one soundbite little little soundbite theology theology of what the bible actually says but like if if you know you talked to your wife and all you said was these little you know like nice little texts and that's the only you know conversation you ever had you guys wouldn't know each other you, wouldn't you, you wouldn't you wouldn't communicate and 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 just like that the bible is god's letter to us it's 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 god's communication to us and if all we look at is all these just these just these little soundbite you know things right that are edited and you know whatever you don't know god mm, you know and, and and so you the the Yes, it's awesome to have a Bible verse posted, and yes, it's awesome to have stuff on social media, but at the end of the day, that should never replace your relationship with God. And I would encourage people, <laughs> I just got off of a month of doing this, um, but look at your screen time reports uh, if you've got an iPhone, and and, and, and look at it's, how much- It's kind of embarrassing <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you look at that. Some people turn it off for that very reason. Yeah, they don't well, want to- <laughs> Yes, but- but I think it's an important thing to look at and even right. set limits on that. Make right. sure that, and I know I am not great at this because I roll out of bed and I'm ready to like, okay, what's happening in the world? Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Me and Enoch are staying in town and um, due to some weird circumstances right now with a conference and then some possible COVID exposures in our community. I have to stay in town at a hotel and me and Enoch are staying in town and distance um, ourselves from everybody. Yeah, Yesterday morning, <laughs> Enoch comes up to me and he's like, 
dude, I've already used my screen time. So I set a limit on Facebook and Instagram of like how much time I could use. And, uh, I basically like hit that limit early in the morning. It was like 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like we were also like sitting around doing nothing. So like it, yeah, but yes, it's embarrassing. But you, but you bring out a great point about how we steward our time and, and what yeah. we're investing mm-hmm. our time in. You know, I mean, you think about the great commandment to love God and how much we are to love him yeah. and then how yeah. much that's to be reflected in the second commandment of loving others. And whether it's our relationship with God or relationship with somebody else, those things take time to to develop a relationship. I mean, relationships yeah. just don't yeah. happen. And I think that's the illusion I mean, that social media has given us is because it's like, oh, if you have all of these friends and can get connected to all of these places, then you'll find meaning and purpose and you'll have deep friendship. And the point is, no, you won't. Because unless you make the investment to invest in your friends, friendships like do you that's not reciprocated in that way right yeah that's that's oh, like totally. facebook's whole thing of using the term friend right mm, yeah of making you think that all those people are your friends <laughs> half the people that are on your friend page you don't even you you aren't their friend they don't care about you you don't even probably care about them and it creates a false illusion I do of for mine. friendship no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but just, do, do you really that's my thing it's like no, if you kidding. have 700 friends you're right. Do you it's really tough. know all those people? And are they actually your friend? Because yeah, there's, there's friendship friends is and a, acquaintances. Yeah, they're yeah, acquaintances. There's people that like mm-hmm. like. Like, there's people that have become my friend on Facebook, and I know the only reason is because there's pictures of my daughter on my Facebook account <laughs> yep. that people. Well, yeah. you know, they just want to see Ashlyn. Like, she's your I influencer. Get I get oh. it. She is the influencer. <laughs> but it's created well, a false and sense that's of relationship, thing too. which I'm totally fine to accept. Yeah. It, but I, it is, it is ironic to me. I think. <laughs> well, if yeah, Ashlyn had her own Facebook account. I'm sorry. There's a delay. Oh, I'm sorry. She, she has like <laughs> 20,000 followers by now. She's like seven months old. Um, but the thing is with that false sense of relationship, the thing about social media is you can log off at any time and you don't have to walk with people when it's hard. You right. don't have to yeah, love good. them through their mess and they don't have to love you through your mess. Which and isn't a that's the thing. It takes away all the messiness. <laughs> no, it's not. That's so yeah. good. I think, I think that, that to that point, you know, with the amount of travel that I do, I mean, I have people that, you know, friend across me all the time from, you know, places that I've been and sure, like I'll accept it. You know, I, I will post about, you know, where I'm at and stuff like that. It's way easier than, um, you know, sending 300 text messages of behind the scenes pictures and everything like that. But I've been places before where somebody walks up to me and they go, Hey, Enoch, how are you doing? And I go, who are Hello. you? <laughs> Hi, have I met you before? And they're like, yeah, we're friends on Facebook. And I'm going, oh, yeah, yeah yes. Cool. Um, yes. But there is this that real sense in which Facebook and social media platforms, they have this way of showing how we can extend our friendships and extend right. our source of like community and relationship. But it's not a replacement. Right, right. You know, it is not a replacement. It is... It, it should be, and it's like Morgan said, those things are simply a highlight reel. And if you yeah. try to have a relationship mm-hmm. with somebody over a highlight reel, you're not engaging in real deep personal friendship. And then I think maybe the last takeaway we talk about this morning is kind of communication as a whole, because, you know, Morgan referenced Twitter as kind of a, what did you call it? A cesspool. A cesspool. A cesspool. You know, but why, why does it have that stigma? Why does it have that stigma? Why is Twitter among all of the platforms kind of looked at as the most? unwholesome, unhelpful, negative, real critical form of criti- of communication. Like why, why is that? I think at the end of the day, it's easy to hide behind a screen. You know, I'd never say, you know, people would never say some of the things that they post um, mm, that's good. to your face, right. like Stephen had mentioned before, but you have, you know, the, the ability to just, kind of hide behind everything you say. And, and also you only can say so much. So right. mm-hmm. it's easier to say something terrible. I think often when you're kind to somebody, you say more. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And yeah. Tw- I don't, sorry. There's the delay. The delay is strong. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Morgan. <laughs> well, I was just going to uh, like totally agree with Enoch. And when you only have 120, 160 characters, you find words that pack a punch. And usually you're just trying to have the strongest mm-hmm. message come across. And the thing with Twitter, 
you can retweet instantaneously and then you just adapt everybody else's idea that they just shared you know it's like a massive so, snowball yeah, that you and, like throw at somebody else yeah. and i think i think twitter does that too because like you can critique and start a war by retweeting their thing uh, because if you retweet their thing you get connected with their tweet but then you can start your own little war by being like, so-and-so's an idiot because they said this. And then somebody who you don't even know is like, well, you're an idiot because you say they're an idiot. <laughs> and then it's like their friends are like, nah, you see, you all are the all are the idiots. You know, and it just is a so and, yeah. it just keeps going down and down and down. And um Because yeah. I think human nature and, is bent in that go ahead, Morgan. You had a thought. And nobody knows the full story because it is a sound bite. It's right. nobody knows the context of anything. And so that's again just that bite-sized piece that also they don't get one, the context for also one thing about that is hate goes viral mm. um yep. you know when it's like a public freak out those videos have tons of views but videos where they're like somebody opened the door for somebody today like mm -hmm. that's just that's not the same level because we're attracted to like this exactly wow right. look yep. at how crazy those people are that's human nature mm -hmm. yeah yeah me and my yeah. wife always say you can it's really easy to go viral yeah. All you got to do is be really hateful or really stupid and you'll make a lot of money because <laughs> 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 that's what we watch. If you think, think about the YouTube videos that you watch, that's it's when people key. are like flipping out or when they're just acting completely like weird, you know? <laughs> I think a lot of that stems also from, um, you know, the fact that we compare ourselves to other people. So like, oh, well, I'm not that bad. Like yeah. I, I would, I sure. would never do that. But look at these crazy nuts over here doing that, you sure. know? So, so Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. Now the delay's even here. No. I lost the train of the room now. The delay's everywhere. I was just going to say, as we kind of kind of wrap up here, as we think about, you know, scripture, though, should inform us differently that just because that's the, that's the tenor of the marketplace in society doesn't mean that that is the level to which a Christian engages. I mean, yeah, you think good. about Colossians, you know, let your speech always be seasoned with grace, seasoned with salt that you may know how to answer every man. You know, even even in Ephesians, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, which is by implication also through your fingers of what you type, you know, so that it's for the use of edifying. It goes back to the tool aspect of, of how are we using these platforms to build. And I think human nature, you guys are exactly right. Human nature, it's it's easy to tear down far more than it is easier to build something. It's, it's, it's actually a lot easier in anything in life to, 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 to dismantle something than it is to actually build something quality. And, and to it be takes completely effort. honest, yeah. it actually is kind of fun to rip something apart. Sure, like, yeah. Just, I mean, just like think about like a, a, a building you're like demolishing. Like yeah. it's really cool to just like smash a wall down. It's every DYT, <laughs> not DYT, every uh, DIY. DIY home project. <laughs> the demolition is the fun part, but it's the building oh, yeah. that takes weeks. And so yeah. it, look, the same is true in the Christian life. The same is true uh, as, as a Christian in our society today. You, you know, God would have us to utilize the marketplace uh, as great opportunities for people both to see Christians and the difference that Christ has made in their life and to have great conversations. So as we just wrap up here with all that we've talked about today, any last minute takeaways or thoughts that anybody has from what we've discussed? Um, yeah. I mean, one for me is if you're not, if you're not open to the idea of being involved in media or you've never even, I mean, social media, but even media as a whole, like whether you are personally getting involved in Christian media or whether you're involved in helping your church get involved in how they have an outreach with media, I would encourage you, it's not going away. Yeah. And so um, take it upon yourself as that's something to learn, you know? And if you are in it, my question is, how are you using your platforms, whatever it is, media, social media, you name it, how are you using your platforms and stewarding it well? to be as excellent as you can be with the resources you've been given to take the message of God to everyone and glorify his name. Mm. I think especially for churches, um, you know, one really big thing to do is put media ministry as an actual ministry, not an afterthought. Think of it as this is just like, you know, going door to door, visiting people, whatever. This is just like talking to somebody on the street with the gospel. This is just one other way of doing it. Yes, it doesn't replace that, but it's another way of doing that. So maybe that means that you start a daily devotional or a weekly devotional, you know, pastors that might be listening or something like that. Because I think 
going back to that consistency side of it, if all if all your church produces is just a live stream, that's like what an hour long, two hours. You know, I don't know how long your service goes, but that's a long video. People don't usually watch very long videos unless they're specifically looking for it. So if you did like, Hey, this is my devotional thought of the day. I know I did for a while. I would just to keep me accountable uh, in my devotions, I would post what I learned from my devotions every day Hmm. on Instagram. And it was, you know, I did it with a, uh, you know, a friends group, not like, you know, to the, the whole world, but it was just right. to keep me accountable, but also share what God was teaching me. And I think that's a really important thing that would be a, a smart thing for people to think about. Yeah. Cause what I hear you saying is that when you're involved in that, from a church standpoint, you're, you're producing content for those mediums, right. not as like uh, something that you recorded for something else. And then you just happen to throw it on there, but you're actually real intentional with the people that you're trying to engage with in that spot. Let's be honest here. How many people really want to watch a random cell phone video of a church service with the cell phone at the very back of the auditorium with no miking? You yeah, know, uh, so, you know that. So that intentional aspect of yes, you can still use a cell phone, but like be intentional about it. You know, sure. that's good. Morgan, what's your takeaway? Yeah, I think my takeaway will be for just personal use of um, social media as a Christian. Three things: be wise, be merciful, and be loving. Wisdom always has to be at the forefront of any use of social media because once it's on the internet, it's on there forever. Um, No matter what you think you deleted, it's still there for somebody. Um, And so wisdom should precede anything that we do. We should always be thinking about the future impact, not just what I'm feeling right now and I need to get it off my chest so the internet is the place I should go, right? No, we should go to Jesus. Give it to him. Talk to him about what's bugging us so much. Um, And then talk to your wise counsel that you have around you, as you should, (laughs) as a Christian. Be merciful. Don't jump on the bandwagon of ripping people to shreds. When you see something that comes out on social media, you're not getting the full story and there's a different side to every part of it. So Mm. be merciful. Be the one to show mercy to a person and not further public humiliation or any sort of public uh, just tearing down of a reputation. And finally, be loving. Um, And I think you can show love through this digital world by... um, reaching out, making yourself a real person to people who might just see you as a screen otherwise, and and always use your platform and your influence. Like I said, no matter how small you are influencing at least one other person in your life, do so in a loving way and be an example that, you know, Jesus would want you to set, you know, so. No, that's that's awesome. And I think my takeaway would just echo what you just said and say that we as Christians have the ability we do every day of our life are influencing somebody. Somebody's always looking to somebody uh, and, and you have more influence in places than you probably think you do. And so being able to utilize that influence for the gospel, for Christ, and that it would be a reflection of who you really are as a Christian, that uh, mm-hmm. people would see yeah. who what you say online and then the videos that you post, and it would just be a real reflection of an of an authentic life. Uh, that is live before Christ and live before others in that media marketplace. Well, thanks for listening to Where We Land, Christ, Culture, and the Church. Listen, if you've heard us talk about anything on the show today that you would like to know more about, we would actually love to connect with you through media. Uh, so send us an email at podcast at whereweland.org or find us on our social media platform on Facebook. Listen, we look forward to joining you next time right here on Where We Land. We'll see you then.